This is Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of London and David Lewis. Like a flower grows ever hair 
and welcome back to this week straight ahead brought to you along with the 606 club of chelsea i'm david lewis and i've got two hours of great music to bring you our opening track this week was from the dutch jazz dance group the jazz invaders they've teamed up with lonnie smith on a great 10 track album that's called that's what you say the track we just listened to was little sunflower which featured lonnie's howland b3 very prominently throughout the next track we're going to play is from an album that we featured heavily last year gaz hugh sextet plays the music of art blakey and here they are with ping pong
I hope you enjoyed our special last week that featured on the music that's coming your way down at the 6th during the two weeks of the EFG London Jazz Festival. And mentioning that, the track we've got next to play is one of the acts that's with us this coming Sunday. Georgia Cecile, she's back with us. I've got a recording now that will give you an idea of the sort of music you could be entertained with this coming weekend. And this was recorded live at Solace Sounds, and this is called Blue is Just a Colour.
Georgia Cecile, who, as I mentioned, is with us down at the club this coming Sunday and all the gig details are on the website 606club.co.uk. Next, we turn to Taiwanese percussionist Chen Chen Lu. For many years, uh, Lu has been touring with trumpeter Jeremy Peltz Quintet. This is her first array as band leader. The album is called The Path and the track we're about to listen to, which features Jeremy on the trumpet, is Invitation.
this week, we have a guest with us back in the Straighthead Studios, and it is uh, pianist, band leader, composer, and entertainer Tom Seals. And we're going to be hearing the first part of that interview in around about 10 or 15 minutes' time. Gabriel Latchin is releasing a Christmas album, his first Christmas album, which will be coming out in the next few weeks. I'm hoping to get my hands on it and play some tracks during the month of December. But let's go back to one of his first albums called Introducing Gabriel Latchin, and this is Train Hopping.
your latching and train hopping. And so to Buddy's bit for this week. We are going to the album that was originally released in 1968. The album was called Big Swing Face, and it's a Bill Holman composition. It wasn't on the original uh, vinyl release, but has been on subsequent CD releases of the album. And this is Loose. Thank you. 
And now it's time to meet our guest for the week, Tom Sills. We're going to start off this first part of the interview with Tom's version of Black Coffee. If you want to know what's happening at The Six, check out the website at 606club.co.uk. I'm feeling mighty lonesome, I haven't slept a wink. I walk the floor and watch the door, and in between I drink black coffee. In this weekday room I'm talking to the shadows From one o'clock to four Lord, how slow the moments go And all I do is hold Black coffee Since the blues caught my eye I'm hanging out on Monday Sunday dreams to try Stay at home and tend the run And drown on past regrets in coffee and cigarettes And I'm morning all the morning And I'm morning all the night And in between it's nicotine And not much hard to fight Black coffee Feeling low as the ground Oh yeah And it's driving me crazy Waiting for her Come around, Lord. Now a man is born to go and love him. A woman's born to weep and fret. To stay at home and tend her oven. Drown her past regrets in coffee.
It's time now we meet our guest on this week's show, who is pianist, singer, composer, entertainer and band leader. I'm talking of Tom Seals. Tom, hello and welcome to Straight Ahead. Oh, well, that was quite the intro. I'm very well. Follow How that. Well, exactly. You build me as all those things. <laughs> and you can do no, that. I'm confident. I'm confident. You keeping well? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. You know, it's a, uh, a strange time for everyone. And I know there's been a lot of bad stuff, which we're not going to no. talk about because we're going to make this uplifting. But, you know, the thing is, yeah, I, I'm okay. And I feel very lucky that I've had chance throughout these, you know, lockdown 1.0 and lockdown 2.0. I've, I've had the chance to just do different stuff and I, I'm, I'm really sort of enjoying that time that I'm that I've got at home to work on different things um so yeah I'm, I'm okay all things that's, considered. that's actually Thanks. been a real theme um because I've, I've been lucky enough to speak mm. to musicians through the course of this year and everybody's found a different creative way of, of, of using that time you know, you guys are used mm. to being out night and day and having little time to yourselves, little time to practice, rehearse, write songs, whatever it is you want to get back to, even learning a new instrument in some cases. But all of you have now found a way to use this time productively, creatively, and just enjoy what's been gifted to you. So, Exactly. I certainly haven't had the motivation to go and learn a new instrument, <laughs> but I've um, over the past two years, I've done over 100 flights Whoa. a year. So it's it's been quite... You know, I'm so lucky that I've been able to do what I love doing and travel the world. Um, but right now has allowed me to work on a few things. Like in March, just before the first lockdown, we were meant to film a pilot for a TV show, which of course didn't mm -hmm. happen in mm -hmm. March. Um, and, and that's that's one of the main projects that I've been working well, on. Going slightly this. out of sync. I was going to start at the beginning, but let's start the latter part. Oh, uh, am I allowed? Or are we allowed to know what the uh, TV program was to be, or is it under wraps? You can. What, I can tell you a little bit. We like um, inside scoop. The the original idea was well, it still is this, but this is what the original idea was: the Tom Seal show, nice and original. Took us years to come up with the name, <laughs> and the the thought process really was: of course, we've got the Jules Holland show, we have got, um, you know, we've got the Graham Norton show, which has music in it, but it's mainly a chat show. Now, the one thing I think that there's room for is. A music show, but with funny, silly, stupid things. Oh, so like a music-based entertainment show. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it obviously, of course, the Jules Holland show is great music, but it's still quite serious. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought there's room for, for me to go and mess about with my band, my mates, have a laugh, do some funny games, play silly things, make a fool of ourselves, but then play some great mm -hmm. music. Um, so of course the pilot didn't happen. And the honest truth is when we were meant to film the, the, I I'm using quotation marks there. I know you can't see that, but the, the pilot in quotation marks in March, we actually had no interest from any team people. <laughs> it was just, I had an idea and I thought, let's yep. do it. Now, the, the great thing about lockdown was that we took this show online. So I did an in isolation version during lockdown where I got to do virtual duets with people all over the world from Sarah Jane Morris to Katie Tunstall in LA to singing the baked potato song. Matt with Lucas, Matt I saw Lucas. that on your website. Yep. Yeah. So I got to do some really cool things and interview different people all on zoom from all over the world. We put this show together. We ended up, it started on my phone mm -hmm. for the first two episodes. Then it went to a camera, it went up a level. And then by the end, we were doing a full production in my mum's garden. <laughs> uh, 
with a production a BBC production van on the front wow. with four or five cameras, earpieces, all running to time, all running like a proper TV show. And I'm very so excited to tell you that a few it's been commissioned then, has sorry, it? Go on. Well, we there's been a couple of people that have, have seen it and enjoyed it. So we've managed to get the um the go ahead to make a pilot. We've we've been given some pennies to do that. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now, and I'm not going to tell you anything else. But it's going to be it's going to wonderful, be good. wonderful. <laughs> so let's go back to Little Tom, shall we? Music yeah. was it something that grabbed your interest early on in life? My granddad had a big band. Good enough. Yep. So, so kind of in and house. Week, it was around the family. Definitely. Every Thursday, I'd go and watch the VCO, the Versatile Concert Orchestra practicing in the Crosville Club in Crewe, um, the showbiz centre of the I was going to ask you about accent. And, I uh, kind of thought it was that kind of Cheshire-ish. <laughs> ish, ish, ish. Yeah, yeah. Crewe Cheshire. And uh, every week I'd go and watch the VCO. And of course, it was Glenn Miller, Sinatra, Count Basie, all the, all the greats. And that's where I fell in love with Big Bang. Mm-hmm. And uh, were you able to get up and sort of begin to fiddle with instruments and get to know the guys and just get an interest in what was going on on the stage as well? Definitely. It was more of a when the band had a break and went for a beer, I would say, oh, can I play, you know, can I get, can I play your piano? And and, and then, of course, when I got a little, you know, 10 years later, when I could actually play, I ended up depping a few times and playing piano with my granddad's band. And then obviously skip a few more years later when I got a bit better, I got to front with the band and sing with them. So is it the piano that you gravitated towards? Was that always the instrument that just caught your imagination for whatever reason? Definitely, definitely the piano, and I don't really know why. I don't. I don't think we had a. No, we certainly didn't have a piano just at mm. home, which I know a lot of people say oh, there was just a mm. piano there. There wasn't, um, but my parents bought me a piano, and I went for my first piano lesson. And the teacher said to my mum afterwards, "It's like he just mixes it up as he goes along." <laughs> so that was obviously an indication I was with the wrong teacher and had to go to more jazzy, bluesy sort of teacher. So your education was in more of a jazz. Uh, education on the piano because most people start off as classical of course don't mm. and find jazz later on in life but yeah no I was I was always kind of just making it up as I went along so I went to a guy called David Ketley who became my my granddad really sort of taught me everything he knew I spent a lot of time with him and he, yeah he put me through all the jazz grades so I did all that um, but I wouldn't you know really say I was ja- that jazzy now and that, that's the weird thing I struggle to really define what I am mm. and what I do. I always say to people, if you like jazzy, bluesy, swingy, boogie, woogie, feel goody sort of stuff, you're going to like There's what a full-on entertainment that you give, um, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. You come away from your gigs just with a smile on. You know, you know you've been entertained. It's which, so I understand mm. what you're meaning, not just being pigeonholed as a jazz musician or as a blues musician. Yeah. There is this entertainment mm. element that comes into what you do. Well, I find it, you know, I, I, a lot of people say to me, Oh, I don't like jazz. But How I many like times you. do you think I've heard that in my life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do a jazz show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is dust yeah, as they run away from me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we need to break down um, those barriers. And, and, and bands like yours do just that because people come away not realising they've been exposed to jazz and listen to jazz. And that's then they, oh, I actually like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's testament to the guys that I play with because I'm not the jazziest. And we're playing maybe a bit more commercial mm-hmm. stuff or feel good stuff that people, it feels familiar. So they feel like they mm-hmm. like it, but then you've got 
my drummer, my regular drummer, Joel Barford, who's just a genius, who's very jazzy. You've got Harry Green on the saxophone, who's very jazzy. When they, when they're doing their thing on top of my thing, and we create this kind of new thing, um, then people are being exposed to bebop lines that are that they don't know they're being introduced to. Um, so yeah, it's nice. It's a nice. And at risk of embarrassing myself, isn't Joel on tour with Nigel at the moment? Yeah, I he thought is. so because we've yes. had Nigel on the show just a few weeks ago. And I thought, I mean, I know Nigel's tour has obviously been truncated a bit quicker mm. than he was hoping, but I thought he said Joel was yeah. on tour with him. So who is your regular band and what's your regular lineup? The reality is the regular lineup, I would like to be as big as possible, but it kind of just depends on the gig itself. I have a, my bass player, Nick, has been with me forever since, you know, for the start. So for the past 10 years that I've been gigging, Nick has been with me left hand man mm-hmm. right hand man all the way there um joel's the regular drummer um and i have a guy called bjorn who's an absolute genius on the guitar he toured with bruno mars and simply red and did some really cool stuff um so that's kind of the core that i try to keep as as stable as mm-hmm. i can but like you say you know joel he's off with nigel price and everyone's off doing their own thing but i, I like to try and keep that as, as tight as we can. And then, of course, the horn section is the the key I really like playing with, a couple of horns. Mm. And then as a real luxury, sometimes I get to have a Hammond organ player with me Good as well, B3. which I love yeah. because it gives, it gives us that real depth and it means I can take my hands off the piano and just stop playing now and again. How do you I interact with a, another keys player on stage? With a, you know, If you're on the piano and he's on the Hammond, how does that interaction mm. happen? Are you playing the same... Keys lines, you play in the same course, uh, chords. I, I, it's just interesting having the two keys on mm. stage. How that do you interact and play off of one another? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, again, I'm very lucky that the the key, you know the organ players I've worked with are phenomenal people like Ross oh, Stanley, yeah. you know, Matt Carter, incredible yeah. players. And you don't even have to tell. You, you just don't even need to speak to them. They just mm. get it. So they let me do my thing. They fill the gaps. They know what I'm going to do before I know what I'm going to do. Um, and that's a real, real treat for me to have them on stage. Have you ever been a musician? Did you come out of school, college, university as a musician? Or Yeah, I yeah did music at college. And then at the time, actually, my, my dad's an alarm engineer. And he was, he was putting the alarm in a venue in Nantwich, which is about two miles from me. And... Uh, and this venue was called the Cheshire Cat. And as he was fitting the alarm mm. for this brand new wine bar, they were having a piano delivered. And he said, has anyone uh, got anyone to play that? He said, oh, no, we're looking for people, actually. Do you know anyone? He said, oh, my lad's, uh, he's 13, but he, um, he can play a bit, you know. So in the end, I, I did three or four hours every Sunday afternoon upstairs in the Cheshire Cat, playing to no one. And I was the best paid 13-year-old in Cheshire. <laughs> um, so I... My education has been a mixture of gigging every single weekend since I was 13, without fail, um, as well as doing my grades, obviously a lot of music at school, a lot of music at college, and then I went to Lipper, the Liverpool Institute for Performing McCartney's Arts, which is Paul McCartney's yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. So I went there, um, and I, I tell people that, and then I usually stop because I actually left early, but we won't tell no, people no, no. that. Of your um, own choice? I was, I was getting... 
Uh, yes, I wasn't. We had somebody out. on the show um, recently that I, was actually kicked out of one of the conservatoires. So that's why I asked. <laughs> yeah, got really? expelled, and they weren't even aware you could be expelled from conservatoire. But that particular musician was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't good enough to get into the conservatoire. <laughs> but no, I went. I went to Lipper, and I found myself just constantly emailing the, the teachers saying, "Oh, I've been asked to do this gig. Do you mind if I don't come in tomorrow?" For, and it was always valid mm. reasons. It wasn't because I was trying to sky. Ducking, yeah. um, exactly. And they they, tur- they turned around to me and said, Tom, the aim of leaving here is to leave here with enough experience to be a professional musician getting paid work. And you're doing that now. So go and go and do go it. Go forth and play. And that yeah. was really yeah. nice. Is, is, the, uh, is Lipper a, a well-accredited university up there? Because obviously down, you know, I'm based around the London area, so I'm used to kind of the more, mm. uh, well, the conservatoires and then the, the university education. What do you, what's the, is there a different format to the Lipper way they educate and go through the higher eds there? I didn't spend enough time there to ever work that out. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't think so. Um, it, you know, of course, it is, un- it is university. It's university age that you mm. can go there. I found with Lipper that there was there was a very small percentage of British people there. It was mainly Norwegians, which was interesting. I don't know what that means, but that was one thing I found interesting. Um, they obviously have a good relationship with music schools over mm. there. Um, it was very multicultural it was and of course it wasn't just music it was music dance drama musical theater so exactly i I know in interviews before sir paul has said um that the reason he wanted that school which is actually the the old boys school that he went to he bought the school as you do and as you do yeah of course um and he he'd seen fame (laughs) that the film fame on, on the tv and he said Britain, you know, England needs a fame school. And he did that. And his idea was that he wanted the vocal harmony groups start singing on the stairs <laughs> and, you know, the, the dads start dancing. So sad to relate. I'm, it was a little bit... I'm awkward. actually old enough to remember the TV series, I'm sad to admit. And I remember Leroy in yeah. fame made me want a Sonny Walkman desperately, desperately. But my dad would never buy me the genuine yeah. Sonny one. He'd just got me a cheap Dixon's one. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I, under, I remember what the... <laughs> so I've got an idea of what your school now would have looked like. So you mentioned that you're often mm. sort of flying a hundred times a year. You've been traveling as a musician for many yeah. years now with your band or are you going to festivals solo? How does that work for you? A mixture. Again, it kind of depends where it is. Um, we, a lot of the European stuff, mainly Holland, Belgium, France around there was a lot of flying with the band because it was quite accessible because it was close. Mm. I remember at the end of last year, I went to, um, I think it was South Korea. I went to South Korea for 45 minutes for a, for a 45 minute show and then flew home. And this is the thing that you know, I'm, I don't take it for granted. I, I get to travel the world playing the same 12 songs. I'm <laughs> so lucky. And, and a, a lot of people say to me, oh, yeah, you got the life of Riley, you are flying around the world. And yet, yeah, I, I get to do what I'm doing. But it's tough, man. People don't realise that it's a lot of airports. It's a lot of missing birthdays, Christmas, every missing every occasion you could think of. Yeah, travelling out of a, fly a to suitcase some... is never quite as glamorous. And you know, you're right. and it's not as if you're always mm. going to put up in the finest of hotels. And you know, sometimes it's literally fly in, fly out, yeah. and tired jet lag, and on mm. to the next gig, exactly. isn't it? And sometimes I'm guessing yeah. you see yeah. nothing more than an airport terminal, a gig, maybe a bedroom, then another gig, home. So yeah, exactly, exactly. But as that. you say, you're, um, but it, it is. 
yeah and it is the best experience in the world when you're with your band when you're with your band who are my best mates and we just get to nip to amsterdam for the weekend and do a couple of amazing gigs and then come home it's it's yeah, so but cool. I mean, it is a risk you take. Yes, you're following your vocation, you're following something you love to do. But of course, the musician's life is very vicarious. You might, you're lucky, you stay busy. But mm-hmm. as we all know, musicians can go through periods of time where the phone's not ringing. So, yeah. and just to give people mm-hmm. an idea. I mean, you've toured with the likes of Jules Holland, Jamie Cullum, Gregory Porter, Cleo Lane, and even Kenny Thomas in the Soul World because you cross the genres so well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you've played with some of the big, big hitters out there, haven't you? Well, I always like to remind Kenny that when he was number one, it was the year I was born, which doesn't go down too well. Um, but I remember... I'm feeling so I old. The Cleo Lane. Yeah. <laughs> you look great, mate. It's lighting. Um, the Cleo Lane, actually, was... Um, she was at the Nantwich Jazz Festival, which, again, which is sort of hometown territory for me. And I got a phone call saying, Tom, are you, are you around? Are you in crew? Are you in Nantwich? I said, yeah, yeah, why? What, what, what's going on? So, well, Cleo Lane's here. She's performing tonight in the church, but she's here now in the restaurant having dinner. And she's just said, why is there nobody playing that piano? Get down here and come and play. Okay, fine. On the way. Jumped in the car, went down, started to play. And as soon as she finished and she was sat having dinner with her son, um, Alec, Alec Dankoff, great bass player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she called me over. She said, darling, darling, come here, darling, come here. And uh, so I went over. This is probably seven or eight years ago so i went over and said uh, oh hi you know denkler lovely to meet you i'm a huge fan da, 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 da. and she said darling what, what's your name and i said it's it's tom seals she says no no darling not your stage name what's your real name <laughs> <laughs> i said no, but, no that is my real that's name. that's a proper performer for you it should be least that everybody has a stage name <laughs> <laughs> yeah Thank you. 
finishing off the first part of our interview with pianist Tom Seals with one of his grandfather's favourite tracks, Take the A Train, a standard, of course, in that instance, performed by Duke Ellington and his orchestra live at Newport. Opening up things for us at this year's EFG London Jazz Festival is going to be Imani. She's on stage this coming Friday, the 13th of November, along with Lex Cameron. And the track I've got ready to play next is one of her own compositions going back a few years, an acoustic version of Found My Light. Oh! 
still plenty of great music to come on this week straight ahead, including tracks from Lisa Hilton, Mornington Lockett and Paul Edis. But now it's time we go back to this week's guest, Tom Seals, and we're going to listen to him sing Hey Laura. Listen online, on DAB and on smart speakers. Straight ahead with London's leading music venue, The 606 Club. Hey Laura, it's me. Really, I'm sorry I had to ring your doorbell so late Someone else instead of me Really, I'm sorry But it just couldn't wait Is there someone else instead of me? Just go and lie to me and make me believe you're not in love with him And this fool can't sing Oh, the rhythm of your love Floor bell to me Oh, hey, Laura, it's me Oh, I'm so sorry I had to ring the doorbell so late Is there someone else instead of me? All night long But it just couldn't wait With a healthy dose Of make-believe Just go and lie to me And make me believe That you're in love with me And this fool can see That the river of your love Flow uphill to me Make 
so me Oh, hey, Lord, it's me that I'm about to do so obviously, I'm assuming you would have had plenty in the diary this year, wouldn't you, before the lockdown one point, whatever happened? Well, when we got told the other day that lockdown 2.0 was happening, that day I'd just been confirmed for two nights with Jules Holland next week. Mm. And then in the afternoon, it got pulled. So, yeah, there's there's been so many things that are, you know that were meant to happen. And I can't even bear to look through the diary and, and even think about what they were because it would just be... You know, just get us down. We meant to do Birdland in New York, New York and, yeah. you know, just so many cool different things. Um, but one thing that is happening um, is the 13th of November. I'm doing a, a show for the London Jazz Festival. That's still happening. We're streaming that. So there's going to be no audience. We're doing it all nice and safely. Um, Which comes It's going to be like a, we're at the Crazy Cox. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Underneath Piccadilly Circus, great venue. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's going to be an in-conversation with Andrea McLean, who is the uh, TV broadcast host. She hosts Loose Women. Mm -hmm. Um, Admittedly, not that jazzy, but it's going to be a bit like a live Desert Island Discs. We're chatting about her life, her top five favourite songs, and I'm going to play them in a jazzy way. Are you interviewing her? I am, yes. And one of them is, I'll let you into a secret, one of them is a Miley Cyrus tune. So if you ever didn't, you know, you never thought you'd hear me sing Miley Cyrus. That's going to be the night to do it. <laughs> and uh, just yep. to get back to some of the other gigs that you've been playing at, just check out sure. Tom's uh, website, tomseals.co.uk, and Seals is S-E-A-L-S. It's a great website. Not just stage name. Not just a stage name, not actual, just, not actual name. name. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, you've been down with us at the Six as well a few times as well, haven't you? That's a lovely music venue to play at, isn't it? I love it there, and I it was one of my things. I always wanted to play the Six, and... I kept texting Steve and emailing him and saying, give me a gig, give me a gig. And he just wouldn't. And one day I got a phone call and it said, uh, Tom, I, we're looking for a band to pretend to be in a Parisian jazz club for a Bollywood film. Do you, do you know anyone? I said, well, yes, yeah, me. I, you know, fine, I'll get the band. So I rounded the band up. We drove to London the next day and I sat at the piano in the 606 Club for about 15, 16 hours for that day. In the end, we were in this Bollywood film, which was huge, by the way. You know, we, we all know Bollywood's bigger than Hollywood. It was it was the biggest film of the year a couple of years ago. Give us a mention of the we were in that, So in case you want to find to be, it. I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to remember what it was, honestly. But we were in that film for about 27 seconds. And that was my first taste of being at the 606 Club. And obviously, as we all know, this incredible, you know, room of history of all these incredible musicians that have played there. So once I'd finally been there, I said to Steve, come on, you've got to give me a gig now. Um, And... I've played there a couple of times, and we've we've had such great we've had such great gigs in there. I love it. It's one of those places where the music kind of drips off the walls. It's got that feeling to it. It's got history, and it's just got that vibe to it. And uh, I love the fact it's still very much a musicians' club. And Steve's ethos has always been behind you guys, isn't it? Supporting you guys. And of course, we, yeah. as you mentioned about the London Jazz Festival, we're live streaming at the club now. I think most clubs have had to invest in that because it, it could be the future for a little while to come, couldn't it? Definitely, it's and people like you say, people have had to have had to adapt to this crazy time that we're in. I was I was lucky. I got asked to guest with Sarah Jane Morris mm-hmm. at the Ronnie Spots live stream, which mm-hmm. I did obviously during the last lockdown. Um, and some of the stuff, some of the content that people are putting out is is of such an, an incredibly high quality. 
that, like you say, I think people are going to enjoy sitting at home watching. Well, the thing is now, I think, certainly from the early days, the clubs have all invested so much in that infrastructure. I'm guessing it could be a part of what they offer now moving forward. So that if the clubs fall great, but also they've got people at home that are able to, because, you know, it's high def, the audio is good. They've really got it nailed now, most of these big clubs. And it is a really good experience to sit back at home and watch some of these great gigs. Yeah, and that exactly the gig that the in conversation gig that I'm doing next, you know, on Friday the thirteenth of November, um, that was it was practically sold out. I think there was three tickets left, something, and that was going to have an audience and the stream. Mm-hmm. So it's of course a great thing for if people can't travel, if they wherever they are in the world, they can still help and support artists by watching the show remotely. So obviously that's which, just going to be you and the film crew down at the club now. I take it on that gig. Just re- Correct. Record, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, uh, I don't have the band. We're only allowed three people on stage for social distancing. I wondered purposes. what the yeah, I wondered so what the restrictions were going to be. Yeah, me and Andrea and my guitarist Bjorn mm-hmm. and probably one one camera person. Um, but it, it'll be great either way. And more so than ever now, artists, not just myself, every artist needs the support and help of people. So if, if people are able to tune in, and even if it's streams that are for free and you know i do a lot of free streaming on my social socials yeah what what's actually very important more you know probably is an equal amount of buying as a a ticket to watch a live stream is the commenting the liking the sharing the telling your friends commenting i've really enjoyed this because that it just builds up this buzz and and that's what people need and that's a, a you know a free way to really help independent artists at and this I, time. I can tell everyone you're super easy to find on social media as well because I've found you on Insta, I've found mm. you on Twitter, or Facebook. you're very, very easy to get hold of. Just t- search that's for Tom Seals. And... St- that's why I picked a stage name that was unique. Cleo would be very, see. very happy with you. <laughs> she would approve <laughs> yeah. deeply. <laughs> and uh, you released a, a single and an EP this year, didn't you, as well? Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I don't like recording at all. I just uh, my buzz is getting out on stage and chatting to people on stage, and I, I love that. And the thought of going into a studio, I just I just couldn't bear it. But so because of that, that meant my presence on Spotify and, and Apple Music and all the, the sites where you'd expect wasn't as you know prolific as it should be. So we we said at the start of lockdown, right, this is the time now where we've got time. And I've got no excuse, really. I can't tell my management, oh, I've got no time to do this. But we have to record something. So I I don't like working from home. When I'm sat on my laptop, I like to be out somewhere that makes me think I'm at work now. I need mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. And I find myself spending a lot of time in coffee shops, just sat in the various chains doing my work. So I thought, right, let's record the song Black Coffee. I can I'm say, gonna get just see where this is going now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get it to the guys at Cafe Nero because they support independent music. All the music in there, or 90% of it, is independent. Oh, is artists. it? I wasn't aware of that. Maybe it's not that high of a number. But no, but they, they are looking to support independent artists generally, are they? With in, in, in incredible amounts, yeah. And they have, they have, you know, the Cafe Nero tent at the Cornbury Festival. It's an all unsigned artists, and they do a lot. Um, so we went and recorded the tune Black Coffee. We put it all together with my band remotely. They were all in different parts of the country. And yeah, it got picked up, especially by the guys at Cafe Nero. It's now getting played every day in 950 stores worldwide. Um, and it got added to the most eclectic mix of 
playlists you could imagine from Acoluccio's to Waterstones. This is the best one. From Home Bargains to Harrods. Wow. Would you believe? Now there's a leap. So it's In one so sentence, I don't believe those two names have ever been, or yeah. brands have ever been mentioned. Tom, you've exactly. achieved. And I'm not sure... If I'm not sure if we're allowed to mention brands on this show. I'm not saying I prefer home bargains <laughs> to Harrods all the other way around. They're merely um, playing your music, and that is all that matters here. Exactly. Have you ever actually lived in London, or have you always stayed up in Cheshire? I'm going to let you into a secret here. Which, we're getting all the secrets um, out of you on this interview. I'm loving it. Might, yeah, might undermine my whole career. Um, all of my social medias say that I live in London. Now, any you know, young up and coming artists that are listening to me. Just tell all your social medias that you live in London. I remember emailing when I didn't have management, didn't have, you know, record labels and that sort of stuff behind what I was doing. And I was unsigned completely on my own. And I was emailing people saying, Hi, my name's Tom. I do this. I'm dead good. Give me a gig. Oh, where do you live, Tom? Oh, I'm in Crew, Cheshire. Sorry, mate, come back when you're, uh, you know, come back when you're, when you're half decent. And I'm under no illusions. That was a mixture of things. That was my, I, no one knew who I was, so I wasn't going to sell the tickets. I probably wasn't very, as good as I thought I was at that point. But also, as soon as you go back to people and say, oh, I'm in London now, they go, oh, okay, well, he must be doing all right for himself. Um, so the truth is, no, I've never lived in London. Um, but I think people might have a, a bit of a, a thought that I do. But I spend a lot of time there, and that's obviously for work purposes. I'm probably there every week, if not every two weeks. And you actually managed to answer the question I was going to lead on to ask. I was going to say, by not being in London, do you find that doors are shut for you? But the way you creatively mm. invented yourself to be in London, and it shows, you know, you just had to simply do that, and suddenly those doors were open for you, and you were giving the guys what they wanted. Well, it was a nice way of saying you just told us how you lied to people um, <laughs> creatively invented. Um, but, you know, you just, you just like this whole thing about venues live streaming. You've just got to adapt. And people want to think you're living in London and you're successful and you're doing well for yourself. So just let them think that. Tell them that, yeah. Get on with what you get on with. Yeah. And again, you were due to be having a project along with uh, the Department of International Trade, weren't you, such as the varied nature of your work. I'm not mm. sure if that's still going to be going ahead or not. I think it was going to be taking place sometime later this month in theory, wasn't it? I've I've been actually doing – the project is well underway with, with these guys. Um, I, I got asked to perform at the Dubai – Expo 2020, which is, of course, being pushed back now to, to 21. And it's a six-month expo where every single country in the world has their own pavilion. And within the pavilion, for every day for six months, they showcase the best of what their country has to offer. Now, like I say, I'm very lucky that I got asked to play at our pavilion to go and represent us. Um, and a part of what they want to do within the pavilion is when you when you walk in as a you know if if you were going as a visitor when you walk into the pavilion to experience the the UK pavilion you will hear a 12 minute soundscape and this soundscape is made up of noises and um contributions from people all across the country so the idea is that me and you right now really easily could go on the website and we could listen to the soundscape or we mm. could download the music, pick a part that we think we could either play, sing, hit something with, tap the spoons, anything. Pick your mobile phone up, press record, sing into it and go da 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 da. 
And then you can send that in. And the idea is that we'll get thousands of them and we put them all together and we've created this soundscape of people from across the whole country. Wow. Well, so that's a project you have been working on, and obviously you said it's going to be rolled on a year now. But uh, you're not going to. Yeah. You, I, how how long? You said it's six months. Presumably, you're not out there for all of that time. You're being showcased for a month or something, are you? Or... Well, as you can see, and and those who are listening can't see, I am ginger and very fair skinned. So Dubai for six months um, <laughs> could is be a not, dangerous is combination. Not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I could self combust after about three weeks. Um, No, I I will be going out a few times, I think, because I've been asked to both play and do a bit of presenting out there and maybe some educational stuff, Um, hopefully with some schools. Um, So no, I'll be going out at some point to Dubai for the expo. But with regards to the Soundscape project, I've been asked to just sort of front the the media campaign side of it. So if, if anybody asks, I can hopefully try and explain the idea. Well, it's great to know that you are managing to keep busy and, uh, you know, I know things aren't as you'd wish them to be and the touring's down and the flight's down, but you've got loads going on still. You've got the gig coming up at the Crazy Cox, mm. as you mentioned. I think you're going to be back with us at the Six very soon as well. Hopefully live streaming because that'd be a fantastic live stream to watch you you down at the Six. So so don't forget, check out Tom, not only on his website, which is tomseals.co.uk, but all of his socials as well. And presumably people will be able to find links to that uh, live stream at Crazy Cox on all of your socials coming up in the next week. Yes, definitely. Come and find me on there and uh, it's going to be a great night. So, you know, if you fancy some, a bit of a laugh and some good music, then that's where I'll be. I think we all need a laugh right now, don't we? <laughs> Tom, thank you so much for your time. It's been great getting you on Straight Head. Really appreciate chatting with you. David, thanks, man. I'll see you at the six very soon. That I'm looking forward to. Tom, thank you much indeed. Cheers. I've been so many places in my life and time. Sung a lot of songs, I've made some bad rhymes. I've acted out my life on stages with 10,000 people watching because we're alone now and I'm singing a song for you. Well, I love you in a place where there's no space or time. For my life Oh, you're a friend of mine There's no one more important to me So darling, can't you please see through me Because we're alone now And I'm singing a song for you
it's over Just remember when we were together Because we're alone now And I'm singing a song for you Many thanks indeed to our guest this week, Tom Seals. Don't forget to go over to his website, tomseals.co.uk, to find out what he's up to. And also you'll be able to buy his new album there as well. Now we're going back to one of the artists that is going to be part of this year's EFG London Jazz Festival with us down at the club. Saxophonist this morning in Lockett, who we had on the show earlier this year. This is a track uh, that features him as part of the Stan Tracy Octet. And the track we're about to listen to is Crackers and Bangers.
606 gift vouchers, a unique present for those who love the good things in life.
So we came straight out of a track that featured our guest at the club this coming Saturday, Mornington Lockett, who's performing his tribute to Peter King. Crackers and Bangers was the track which you just listened to there. Into a number that was written and released during lockdown. Luke Smith found himself hospitalised with COVID-19 and during that time decided to write the album and EP It's Time. The track we just listened to, Travelling, actually features guitarist Tony Remy, and I'm glad to say that Tony is going to be one of our guests on our series of interviews here on Straight Ahead before the end of the year. Next, we're popping over to Detroit in Michigan to listen to a track from the brand new album from the Black Light Collective, and this is In My World.
and that was another track from the newly released album from Paul Edis called Snakes and Ladders. We just listened to lines. Next, we have another pianist. This is American pianist Lisa Hilton from her latest album called Chalkboard Destiny, and we're about to listen to Sympathy for Blues. Thank you. 
many thanks indeed for your company over the last two hours. And uh, the track we've got to play out with this week is from the Californian-based big band Turny Ray. We're going to listen to a lovely version of Save Your Love For Me. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I hope I'll catch you back here at the same time next week for another two hours of great music with me and, of course, the 606 Club of Chelsea.
mercy on a fool like me. I know I'm so lost, but still, still I plead that you will save your love for me. You may have fun with the crowd, but for crying out loud. 